Hello, and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club-style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. I can't hear what Chowder's singing right now, so I'm going to ignore him and keep on Wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, no. Okay, so wait, Jeff, you get three guesses. I bet you can figure it out just guessing what he was singing based on what we're talking about today. I literally could not fucking hear anything that he was saying, and I have no idea of any affiliated Shang-Chi songs, so... You gotta zoom out further than Shang-Chi. If anyone is singing a song on this particular episode, what song is it? I have no idea. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. okay. I was like, I did not know what direction to fucking pull that in. I was like, I have no idea what, where you expect me to go with this. All right. Well, well, Uh, but yes, uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt. Collapse under its own weight. And this week we are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. In in case you hadn't figured that out yet. Um, Actually, no, I'm going to switch it around. We're going to be talking about Kung Fu Panda today. Um, Yeah, you know what, fuck it, those are good movies. We'll talk about Kung Fu Panda. It's the Destiny episode all over again, except I haven't (laughs) spent 1,400 hours watching Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) Well, that's that's just really a moral failing on your part. You throw throw the term moral failing around with a little too much abandon for me. <laughs> I think in this specific regard, that is not even a gray area. It is a, 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 a crime to have not spent 1,400 hours watching the Kung Fu Panda movies. But no, we are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the uh, 25th, I believe, movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, wow. And this time around, I am joined by two fellow nerds who can introduce them damn selves. Oh, Maybe. Like a, I, apparently on. not. Sorry, I was picking. <laughs> listen, I had a crunch. I, my, I just did an edit. It spilled over, so my lunch window was abbreviated. Uh, but my name, however, is not because it's Colin. It's pretty short as it is. Uh, and I just had a delicious chicken sandwich with jalapenos on it. Hi, uh, I am Timul, or as others oh like to God. call me, Master <laughs> Chowder. <laughs> in case in case anybody was like ever in doubt that only white people can make the mistakes like this this is evidence to the contrary oh god yeah. no, this is bad. actually you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna stop that stick now <laughs> all right friends we are gonna start off by summarizing and discussing i mean it is our topic movie. for the day for sure it is yeah and uh, then we will end with a little rating section where we decide if uh, if our topic was enjoyable and worthwhile. But uh, yeah, you guys want to move on into the summary? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to hit me with a basic description off the bat while I drink my drink and try to hide my burps from the microphone? Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent as to which way we should decide to do this. Um, the the way that I'm leaning towards is just describe the plot of the movie as is, and then get into like how it differs from some of the origins in the comics or stuff like that. Yeah. Or would you yeah. rather set set up some of those ground rules before, or not ground rules, but some of those well, you know? I I really enjoyed our Black Widow conversation, and I mean, for anybody still listening, anybody out there. Uh, we do the MCU movies so much, not just because we're like, this is the best thing ever, but because it's just a thing that we all reliably uh, consume yeah, and can discuss in. and have opinions yeah, yeah. on. Uh, and I like having conversations with them about you. That said, I really enjoyed our conversation on Black Widow a few episodes ago. Um, and I think that that was, um, we just sort of followed the plot through and like 
took breaks for conversations. That said, this is a little more rooted in the specific comic narrative that I know nothing about. So yeah, I, I, I mean, can see it going either way, depending on what you've got to say. I, I'd also yeah, I be think... okay with just like going through the story, and when we hit interesting divergences from the comics, you just stop and hit me with it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, there's just one aspect of it that I think is going to take up a considerable amount of conversation. So it's, yeah. I feel like probably we should wait till after yeah, the, I mean, the, I feel like the I'll general like summary to do with that. Like some stuff while you're describing. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. This will be cut out. Yeah, but like, I'm so Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is uh, our main character, whose name is Shang-Chi. Uh, he is the son of basically a uh, a chinese crime boss who in the movie is named i believe zhu Wei or something like that let me yep. and yeah. uh he um, he runs a secret evil organization that uh secretly controls Wen the Wen. world from the shadows that would be number 20 yeah. of these secret evil organizations yeah. that controls the world from the <laughs> so, shadows yeah <laughs> So the movie you 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 think these secret evil organizations that control the world from the shadows would to be fair I feel like that's most of mostly the fault of like several of the you know more recent organizations before this being introduced because this one is like literally somewhat foreshadowed in the very first Marvel yeah it is it is there in (laughs) Iron Man so like definitely. I, I agree with Jeff's sentiment on that. So the way that this movie it, does, but like, is, and yeah, I'm gonna, no, but my, like, my no, I, 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 I just want to list out just uh, some of these evil organizations. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Actually, yeah. that'd be that'd be great. The Hand, Hydra, the Widows. We talked about the Widows last mm-hmm. last time we mm-hmm. with the yep. Black Widow movie. Uh, we got uh, that organization Loki's a part of. Uh, we got that uh, the TVA. We got. Yeah. Sh- Shield. I mean, Shield is an organization that's secretive. Uh, then we got uh, whatever that Russian organization was. Uh, Wakanda's got spies all over the place. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got spies. That's not as much to say that you know. Like, I agree with you on like the the sentiment of like the widows and the TBA and the and the um you know the and hydra and stuff like that but not not every single example you know like but there's the going to be different Wakanda organizations is, is is a powerful global influence that is literally yeah, yeah, hidden yeah. from everyone until they decide to you know dr- open the curtains yeah exactly so, okay, i want to talk about true, this but intro it's mostly sequence. it's okay but the, wakanda is like a nation that is very isolationist. Like they're not influencing a ton on, you know, like that's that's kind of the whole point. Okay. So back to Shang-Chi, I want to get into this, into this intro sequence because um, we don't actually start with Shang-Chi. We start with his dad in a flashback narrated by uh, who we come to understand is Shang-Chi's mother after a few minutes where Shang-Chi's dad, it said that he, he showed, you see him like leading an army against, um, a, a, a stronghold, a keep, maybe a thousand years ago. The Ten Rings are literally just like metal rings on his arms that glow and do big magic shit. And also give him immortality. He he is like over a thousand years And give years him immortality. Old. Yeah. Importantly. Yes. Very, That's why yeah, that the, is pretty crucial. a thousand years ago is relevant. <laughs> we get a very thin montage of maybe three examples of, the, of his organization, the Ten Rings, um, evolving over time. I think we see them yeah. like throw a French guy off a building and then we see him blowing up being shot and then we're in the present day oh yeah and blowing up a building in like london and also blowing up a government building yeah and and i think that's yeah but like it's just those three hits and that's like that's a thousand years summed up right there 
Yeah, and... I'm a little bit surprised that they, because, like, there was a line in that intro dialogue about, like, you know, how the organization spread to different parts of the globe and got different sects and stuff like that, which and it's, I'm it's assuming... Just not part of it at all after that. Right, like, they don't really, they don't, like, not even in this montage, they don't show, like the organization like kidnapping iron man in the first yep. movie which is like well, the, that, the first that kind of makes sense it, right? because that was 2008 yeah. and where we land is 1996 where um yeah. that's uh, yeah. i'm probably just gonna call him the mandarin because of iron man 3 and because i uh did you look up his character's name yeah his name is uh zhu wenwu spelled x-u-w-e-n-w-u which okay. is not a name from the comics and we'll get into why that is later um, but and, that and is it the, should be noted yeah. that there are like two, two like previous copycat ten rings. Like we got the ones from the first, first movie, but we also have the ones from the third movie. Oh yeah, another secret evil organization, extremists. But wow. yeah, do you, do you mean uh, uh the oh the third movie as in Iron Man three? Iron Man three, yeah. The third yeah, Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that comes up directly related to the plot in this movie. Yeah, I don't do think that the that. Ten Rings in Iron Man 1 was a copycat I do. Yeah, I, I think the implication is that the Ten Rings was responsible with it. Kevin Feige has said yeah. as much in interviews. Um, well, no, I mean, they they it says it has that logo. Like, they're called the Ten Rings in the movie. Yes, like, that's no, not, yes, I know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I think Kevin Feige has said explicitly that was the Ten Rings we're talking about in this movie. Uh, so it was I, just, I, you know, the, a not sect a of it from a different nation. Okay, so you know? the guy in yes. the very first yeah. Iron Man movie, not a copycat. Third movie, copycat. Okay. Yeah, that, and that that was all aim and and extremis and all that whole separate aim thing. Ex- but that comes aim up and later extremis. in this movie. Yeah, no, two two aim and extremis. Two two secret organizations controlling two. the world from the shadows. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, they're so not really controlling. That was more the world. of a military contract. Like... Okay, let's keep up. We got to anyway, keep on barreling yeah. through Shang Chi. <laughs> we can't tear apart the whole Marvel universe every time we talk about a new movie. It has flaws. But yeah. in 1996, uh, Zhu Wenwu decides to um, pursue a myth about an ancient power and goes through this magic moving woods and meets uh, a very pretty lady who can beat him in a fight. And guys, I loved watching this fight when she's fucking yeah. airbending the leaves and like yeah, the yeah. weird moment when like <laughs> she has him bent over and he's looking up smiling at her it's so preposterous and i love that I'm, so I mean, much also it was like, gorgeous and like uh, uh, really effective character building and also i mean i just i kind of get where he's coming from i love the kind of woman that could get yeah. my ass you know and like you can just see in his face Especially like when, you know, i am so turned on right now Exactly. Imagine the thousand-year boner that he is rocking right there. Oh, my there. God. But, uh, no, I mean, that that's one thing that, like, we can talk about a little bit later, too, but, like, is is kind of a uh, an overall motif in the movie is that the, the fight choreography is very dancey because, it, yeah. you know, yeah. it follows, yep. like, Wuxia you know, this kind of Jackie Chan film. philosophy yeah. of, like, making the, the fight choreography, like, very interesting in terms of, like, mm-hmm. not that normal, you know, action movie fights aren't interesting, yeah, no, you, but it's, but like, don't, very... Don't just make it functional. Add some flair to it. No, no, this, yeah. this is very... This is very refreshing compared to Black Widow because, like, there's no yeah. shaky cam. The camera is very clear, and you always have a good idea of yep. what's going on in the action, the, and I mm-hmm. love that. It's great. Yep. She had, So she ends up beating him in the fight, and then it, like, sort of jump cuts to them having a kid together. One of the craziest yep. smash cuts of all time, in my opinion, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we fast forward to, like— You get uh, the idea. 
to to the woman telling Shang Chi like, "Hey, yeah, we serve this this dragon guardian, and here's my pendant, and I love you." And then we immediately cut to Shang Chi as an adult living in San Francisco, and that's that's yep. how that's how we get all this information. Uh, and I I have some issues with the structure of the movie that begin here that I think I'm going to unravel as we go along. Yeah, but like, no, we do I, I jump think straight I know to where this. You're going with, and I agree. But, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, so now we're in San Francisco with uh, Shimu Lu uh, playing uh, Shang Chi proper as an adult, who is a yeah, who is has you know Americanized his name to Sean, Sean, because uh, <laughs> he's hiding from his father, and Sean! he uh, he's <laughs> Sean, 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 Sean. <laughs> we're now going to spend five minutes yelling Sean's video, name, but... hoping that listeners know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're fucking. He's got his uh, his partner in crime here. They're working as valets. Who is uh, whose name is Katie, and she's played by Aquafino, who pretty much plays herself in every fucking movie I've seen her in, and yeah. I, it's never a problem. She's just great and very. I'm funny. gonna say this for the first time now. I'm gonna say it ten more times in this episode. Uh, while she's a valet here, every moment after this, her pants are phenomenal. A hundred percent of the time in this film, excellent pants, pants game, grade A pants game. I was not paying attention to Aquafino's pants, but you gotta watch this movie again. Yep, it, no, very good, all very, very good. So yeah, sorry. I continue. also, <laughs> I also really like the explanation of uh, of her being like, you know, her usefulness in the plot of this movie is that she's like a really, really good driver, and the explanation of that is because she likes to take like the cars that she's supposed to valet into the parking lot and fucking yeah, go she, like drifting she, with them. She that fucking very Ferris, good. they Ferris Bueller the shit out of this thing. I was pretty surprised at the restraint that they didn't have the slow mo car flying over the hill over top of the camera yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ferris Bueller. Uh, but yeah, no, they take this really nice car out for a really crazy spin. So basically, you know, where the plot goes from this point, you know, they kind of they have a few interactions with their friends where their friends are basically like, hey, why are you two just valets? Like, why aren't you doing anything more Grow substantial with your up. life? Yeah, right. And are very judgy. And then and like all, they get and on like the all bus. petty people, they respond to yeah. the call to grow up by getting drunk and going to karaoke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And uh, they end up, you know, they're on like a city bus, basically, and uh, they get attacked by by a bunch of people, one of which has a fucking knife for a hand. That's Razor Fist. Uh, he's a minor character yeah. in this movie. But I'd really like to know where the fuck his goddamn sword comes from when it comes right? out of his arm. Right. It's but... longer than it's longer than his entire arm. And yeah. when it slides out, you're like, that came out of somewhere. Like, if you ever watch right. someone swallow a sword, it is going somewhere, and there's nowhere for this to go. I mean, How I, is he? I guess it's I guess it's like in his forearm, but like it's so much longer than his forearm, though. It's incredibly long, and also like and and also if he like replaced his bone to have the make room for the sword, yeah. how is he moving his arm? Yeah, he'd have right, a floppy yeah, yeah. arm. The, oh, can we talk about also like the the edge of this thing is constantly like glowing orange hot and like slicing through metal on the bus like it's butter. But then like mm -hmm. they can have like clashing sword repartee with it and like deflect it with a hoodie or whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so okay, you don't care about, you don't I, I care about the anatomy the... or physics of Razor Fist. You'll enjoy this scene because it's yeah. a really fun bus fight. No, no, yeah. it's a great uh, like scene where they're like fighting and then aquafino's like having to like uh drive Take the over bus. the bus yeah and it, it's a lot of jackie chan nonsense and i love it it's great now 
So here is where the movie seems to address a thread that I don't think it sets up and it continues to pull on this thread, which is uh, like um, Katie says when uh, when uh, Shang-Chi is confronted to to like, hey, give me your pendant by these random thugs. She's like, hey, you got the wrong guy. Does he look like he can fight? And then, you know. He is an incredible martial artist, and she's like, "What the fuck? Who are you?" And he like runs right, and flips she's over like, the top she's of the She's known bus. him since he was a kid, basically. <laughs> yeah, but like clearly, like it is a secret from her that you know he is this incredible martial artist, and it's never shown to us before this. But it's also like one, it's a Marvel movie, and two, we just watched the whole thing about his dad being this what thousand year warrior. So like, this is not a surprise to us. We also saw how jacked he is when he woke up. And uh, I don't know. I think yeah, it's yeah, a, but like when, I think uh, it's a missed opportunity to play into this for our sake or lean into her perspective a bit more. It just felt yeah, a little flat. I, I think like a story that uh, Katie said earlier when they were with their friends, like how they met mm-hmm. and like she stood up for him. I think that was supposed to establish that she's not aware that he's a kung fu master. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't establish it. I'm saying I, I think it came across a little weakly. Yeah, uh, like like this this could have been a more interesting thing to explore. Yeah. Either like Captain Marvel did a good job of capturing like the born identity effect of like somebody discovering themselves, but you can also do that from the perspective of a secondary character, and it's just like it, it's a character beat that comes up a couple times for her, and I, I I don't think has a ton of resonance with us. Like I'm never like think I've I've seen this movie twice, and I don't. It never hits me. Oh man, can you believe how surprised Katie was? Like, there's a world where that could be a plot point. It's just not. And I, I don't know. That that stood out to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. I no, mean, I at the it. end of the day, it's like you know we we've seen that kind of story a lot. So like, I don't I don't blame them necessarily yeah. for skating past that so much. Like, she does act surprised at it. It's just like you know she forgives him for lying to her for ten years a little bit faster than we're used to these kind of interactions yeah. happening. But since it wasn't like really a priority for the movie but also to it's have because that, like he came like, out true. came out with the truth when it like finally yeah. like got out you know like she she's like oh, right. okay you gotta explain this to me and he's like oh okay fair enough i will explain because like ultimately i think that like all of this backdrop with like all this is really just explaining a reason to get this fun character that aquafina is playing in the movie because she doesn't yeah. otherwise have a reason to be there which don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining that she's there because I think she's a great presence in the movie. But yeah. I like that's why it's like, you know, it's not really about that. Like they just wanted yeah. they just wanted this character to be in the movie and not have them be not have the whole plot of the movie be them fighting about the fact that he lied to her for ten years because yeah. that's just that's, not the story they're trying to write. So that's fair. I, it I did, it did it, it did lead to my, maybe my favorite line in the movie when she's like storming out of his place. She's like, You uh he's like, I gotta fly to go see my sister because he has this this um, yeah. postcard saying like uh, I have a sister and she's in trouble. And <laughs> this is also a, a revelation. Like she has, a, he has a sister and she's just like, you can explain it on the plane, Sean. And he's like, wait, you're not coming with me. And my favorite take in the entire movie is her walking out of his door, turning around and saying, you can explain it on the plane, Sean. And slamming the door as he walks <laughs> out. I don't know why her take on that fucking killed me both times. I saw which, this movie. uh, which fucking leads into one of my favorite parts of the movie where she is fucking uh, mocking him for his real name being <laughs> Shang-Chi and then him picking the identity of Sean to, to, to disguise himself. And it's just making it was just like, oh, yeah. That, like, hi. Oh, my hi. My name, name is Gina. Is... I need to go undercover. My name is Gina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's just it's very funny because like when i saw the trailers right and it was just like him explaining her name his name and then she was having a hard time pronouncing shang chi i was just like that seems weird because it's not that hard to really pronounce and now yeah. that all makes sense because yeah. it, it's yeah. in the context of like oh she's you she know, didn't know his name was shang chi yeah. um, right so what was the name of the city where they landed? They flew over, I believe, to mainland China. It had big Madripoor vibes, if you've seen their take on Madripoor in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But um, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's. I mean, I'm sure it's Madripoor's in but... Indonesia, allegedly. But uh, they, no, it, no, no. Yeah, I know it's not but... in Madripoor in this movie, is what I'm saying. But no, like, it, I, it, I it is. It is mainland China, I believe, because they end yeah. up helicoptering here to another place that we know for sure is in China. Um, yeah. But this this is where we get to see an underground fight club in this skyscraper. Yeah. Um, also, just, you know, before we breeze, breeze past it, importantly, like, while they're on the plane, he uses this as, like, you know, basically exposition to, oh, right, to right, right, right. further explain all the, like, you know, like the yeah. myth of his father and his mother and, and stuff like that. And, and Yeah, he continues like, to yeah, backfill the flashback we or, like, the, the prologue we got. Like, yeah. how, it, how it jumped from the fight to having a kid between the parents. Like, he starts to fill in some of those details. Um, right, and then also, like, you know, gets into like uh why he left basically was because like when he and his sister were kids uh their mother was killed by people who were like seeking revenge on the father basically and um like then that's when his father kind of like you know went from being like oh like a press he went back to being a crime lord basically yeah Shang-Chi, um, he, like, I, I don't even think we get all those details now a lot of that comes later in the yeah, movie and this is some of the no, structural right. stuff that i want to pick apart as we as we get further into it here yeah. we get we, we do get some of the training stuff and we get told that um shang chi was sent to the united states to kill uh his mother's killer and katie yeah, asked which i do think it? that he comes says, a little no, bit later but no, that that came right there. He says this right here because Katie oh, no, asked, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, asked did you do it? And he says, he implies that he did not do it. Yeah. And then we cut to the skyscraper in China. Um, so basically, like, you know, he was trained by his father to become this killer or whatever. Yep. And then he was sent out in his first mission to kill this guy. And he says he didn't do it and he just ran away. And that's when he went to San Francisco and, you know, created this new life and met her as a kid and all of that stuff. So that's why he's hiding from his father is because now, he didn't. In the underground fight club, this which is not underground, it's like way above ground, but it is extreme. Yes, it is a skyscraper. Okay, this above ground fight club, (laughs) this very far above ground, (laughs) this exceptionally elevated fight club, uh, has a lot of small matches going on. I assume that as they're walking past all these individual fights and they're you know being told, Shang-Chi, he has to do a fight here, whatever contrivance he signed a thing by accident, Mm -hmm. but. I'm assuming there are a ton of Easter eggs in this scene. Did you guys yeah, pick only anything one, out of this I, that I missed? I, I didn't really. See I the only like one really that I noticed anything. is that there was there was an extremist guy. Uh, I, I I did catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other ones, yeah. I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that there are things, but not things that I caught. Over my the head, biggest yeah. that we get, uh, the the biggest cameos we get are the people fighting in the ring are uh, Wong, Wong and some abomination. Other the abomination. I don't think that's yeah. abomination. Uh, they I confirmed it is. is. He looks is? different. He looks closer to he... his comic look, but that is uh, uh, canonically Abomination, the character played by Tim Roth. Uh, I also read somewhere that this is Tim Roth doing this part, but I don't. I'd have to double check that. 
Yeah, I mean um, it's it's very from the CGI. 2008 I mean, regardless, Hulk movie. like I don't even think they call him like so. Even if it weren't the same character as the in the first Hulk movie, which you know you're saying that there that he is, and I believe yeah. you. But even if it weren't, I don't even think they ever call him Abomination in the yes, they do. in the Hulk movie. In the first Hulk movie, yeah, uh, the guy who would have been leader if they made a sequel to it. Uh, when Tim Ross' character is like trying to get juiced up, like, hey, I want more of it. I want more of that in me. And he's like, we can't do this. Whatever we make will be an abomination cut. Sure. But that's, yeah. a, that's a, a lowercase, a, you know, an yeah, abomination. But, that, but, that, is, but abomination. that is the writers doing that. That is the writers no, saying that. No, I know. That. But it's like, it's like in, uh, you know, in like the X-Men movies, how they have Sabretooth and then they have yeah. the guy who's got the same name as Sabretooth, but in the films, they're different people. You know, so yeah, I'm not saying that's... they're not based on the same character. I'm just saying, well, like, you could thanks... say that they're different if you, they... if you wanted to. Yeah, it is strange that he does, he does look more like his comic form in this movie because in the yeah. in the 2008 movie he was like really like gray and spiky and here he has like the webbed like amphibian ears. style ears yeah. which is weird and to say also like the don't have amphibian articles, mohawk but... thing but... well i mean mm. they're like an axolotl sort of but not yeah. exactly like that but just a very yoked axolotl <laughs> and the, the yoked axolotl that is tim roth yeah uh so shang chi <laughs> ends up getting into the ring with uh the champion of this club his sister. What? Yep. And, da, uh, da, da. and you know, they have like a little fight. They have a little fight. He's like, I'm not going to fight you. And she's like being his ass like, you abandoned me. And he's like, uh, well, he, true, but maybe we should. Might be, might be. Yeah, you got and me as, there. as she's walking away from the fight, we get another backfilling flashback of, of him saying like, hey, I'll be back in three days. But as we know, thanks to the plane exposition, he did not be back in three days. Uh, and yep. then she just, uh, she like kicks him in the face and we get a really nice slow-mo, actually the actor Simu Lu falling face first onto what looks like a plexiglass floor and bouncing yeah. <laughs> and rippling really painfully. And uh, yeah, so from there, I mean, they kind of like, you know, they, yeah. they kind of meet up to talk They meet up, we, we learn that like uh, uh, Shang-Chi's uh, sister has been, since then been uh, gaslighting, gatekeeping, girl bossing this underground fight ring away from their father. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what was her name again? Julie? Xiaoling. Julie is the... Secretary yep. from Avatar. <laughs> is from is from Legend yep. of Korra. Okay, but, um, <laughs> <Might> be... <laughs> Yep, that's right. Also, uh, also, I, just in case we didn't like mention this explicitly, after that he after he got like fought on the bus, he figured since they were coming for the necklace that his mom gave him, that that's that's why he went to go find his sister because he figured oh they're going for her next. That that is made pretty clear in the plot. Yeah. I don't know if we explicitly mentioned it, so I'm just yeah. why no, he that's went good. here at all. But and, and then and then when he asks her about the postcard, she's like, "I didn't send this." And then yeah. da, 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 the ten and rings then they're both start like, to infiltrate ah, the place. Fuck. And it turns out, which is oh. probably, I think this was probably my favorite fight scene in the movie, and this was like one that we got a little promo of. Uh, yeah. before the movie came out so i was i was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't like more stuff to this caliber in the movie but like they have basically a fight on scaffolding outside of the building yeah and there's just like a lot of really fun stuff where like he jumps down and like hits one of the planks so it like you know 
it leverages up and up. hits two of the guys in the face and then there's uses a lot the, of the scaffolding there's a lot of jungle gems it's, off of it's different cool. things what i loved about this scene is because this is on a skyscraper at night i'm not gonna worry yeah. about the fact that scaffolding is covering literally the entire building which is insane yeah i was wondering but, that too it's just like is that's this building fine. not finished uh <laughs> yeah it's just is it for style i don't know but it's um one thing, thing i really liked is uh and i uh, this must have been really crazy to like shoot and light uh, the characters yeah. to not make it a post-production nightmare, but it's it's against the reflective windows of the building, and yeah. what lights this is a very massive, you know, like LED screen on a building like yeah. across the block. The reflection yeah. of that is constantly uh, showing up behind them on the building that they're fighting right next to, and I can't imagine how much planning went into that because other than that, there's not a light in the, a lot of light on the characters in this scene, and it's yeah. so slick. Like you almost don't even notice it. The second time I watched yeah. it, I was just trying to trace it in my mind. Uh, how much work must have gone into like designing that scene before they shot it? Yeah, and again, like as as true with every fight scene, it's all very clearly shot, and you can understand mm-hmm. what is going on. Which a lot like, of fluid yeah. movement, and which is like such a rarity in like Marvel action uh, actions and Marvel movies and just mm-hmm. action movies in general where it's like, yeah, this is so refreshing, man. Uh, I, yep. I like watching this. I'm invested in a fight because I'm yeah. Instead and, uh, of like uh, waiting for the fight to ha- end so I can like, the, like the result of the fight is less important than just the experience of just watching the fight. In yeah, because fights sh- fights should be thrilling, and like in the way that John Wick is 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 thrilling to some people because of the fact that they have these like wider shots with unbroken action. They, like mm-hmm. they are pulling from the same sort of like martial art films, like Hong Kong films that this is pulling from. But again, this is though this is obviously an American film to a large extent, it does feel less Americanized because it's not leaning into those, you know, born established tropes of the shaky cam of the close up. Yep. We're getting a lot of wide shots. We're getting a lot of clear establishment, uh, which lets us see Katie fucking fall off the side of the building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shot. She like does like a last minute save, but then like, uh, he gets hit. Uh, she falls. And then like, uh, you, the sister. Uh, saves ju- her. Y- yeah. I, I was about to Jolly. say Julie, and I'm like, nope, I, I'm nope. so sorry. I poisoned the well. Okay, can we <laughs> just so imagine Shang-Chi going, Julie, do the thing. Julie, and then he's and then Julie. She's <laughs> but can we talk about, like, because the movie did not establish, they established that Xiaoling was, like, leaving them and saying, fuck you, I'm out of here. So she was totally mm-hmm. out of my mind at the moment. And I'm watching Aquafina fall off this this bamboo scaffolding, and I'm just like, I mean, they're going to save her. But by the time she's falling, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to – I know they're going to, but I don't know how they're going to save her, and I'm freaking out right now. Like, that that worked for yeah. me. That That is usually yeah. not set up in a way that's legitimately suspenseful, and it worked here. Yeah, I know. There was, like, there was like a small part of my mind that I was just like, are they going to fucking, like, pull a real fucking big they, move, you know, big brain play they, right they, here they and just straight up kill Aquafina? They, <laughs> they couldn't do those pants in. Not after she just got a compliment from, from Jialing. You got to keep no. those yeah. pants rolling. But Jali saves her. Uh, Jialing saves her. And uh, eventually um, the bad guys get the pendant and uh, Shang-Chi chases them away, gets into a really fucking brutal fight with, um, I don't know what to call this guy because he's not named. 
he's Death not a dealer is is the character that is, like is, teacher, I, I think you're talking I about like I, I know yeah, the, the, teacher. the guy the guy with like the, the blue robe and with like, the, the mask traditional mask. I, I just yeah. looked this up he is an incarnation of the character Death Dealer who is a character okay. from the comics um gotcha. but doesn't really earn th- I'm sure that's how he's credited but is not you know that's not uh <laughs> he doesn't say that's anything. not how it's uh I'm just going to really call him Mask Guy from now on yeah, the yeah. mask guy who we saw in the flashbacks training Shang-Chi shows up, steals the, both pendants, and runs away. And, like, it's—you can tell that he's—that that, that mask guy is trying to, like, jump out the other side of the building. And it's—it it echoed the scene in Endgame for me when uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye are, like, trying to chase each other off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, like, Shang-Chi trying to drag him back and stop him from getting out. And again, like— a very intense fight scene that clearly communicated what was happening um, yeah. until until the dad shows up until the dad yeah. shows up and he's like son it's been so long howdy yeah exactly okay did this hit you guys as weird that like we get the club infiltration cool we get all the bad guys with the taser weapons cool and then we get the mask guy and you're like wow they sent the big guns and there's like a helicopter ready to take him out of the building. Like he's trying to jump out the window yeah. so that he can get away. <laughs> so you think like, oh, this is an escape helicopter, but everyone else is in the building, like three rooms away from them, slowly walking over. I I, 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 I have to I, that like I, I have to imagine nobody told Mask Guy hey, what the deal was, and like <laughs> and like the dad's just and the dad's yeah, just imagine- like man this, on the this right after this it's like dude no we were in fucking office 28b you didn't have to jump out the window you idiot you keep trying to jump out windows why are you obsessed with this nobody's yeah, it, asking it's kind you of one of those this. cinematic mo- mo- like moments that like they yeah. don't really expect you to question it in the moment because it's just like oh you know you're in suspense of fight and then boom it's brought to an end because bad guys here and you're yeah. not really meant to think like why the fuck is he there? Why were they fighting yeah. if he was there the whole time? I, yeah, this <laughs> so, is, yeah, so this is where I feel part. like I, I think I can finally say, I think that this movie does a very good job of sending up uh, the tropes of martial arts movies, uh, blood opera movies, mm-hmm. kung fu movies, and the fact that you're trying to create these like character dramas within the fight scenes and really focus on those fights and then like what they mean to people as soon as they're over. It's not just yeah. fight for fight's sake, it's fight for character's sake. Um, yeah. But I think that those are just some conventions that rub me the wrong way, and this is an example of it. And that's a me problem. It's just not a thing I mean, that I'm super yeah, into. I mean, so like I love oh, the no, fight I mean, scene of it... between Mask Guy and Shang Chi, and then I was like, uh... yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of B martial arts flicks, like where they excel mm. in like uh, you know storytelling through the action, they kind mm-hmm. of fail in the. Uh, they can often kind of struggle in the beat, <laughs> beat to beat storytelling yeah 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 um and then we get a helicopter ride to his base which is like i was thinking in the beginning that very first scene we see where he is uh where uh zhu wang wu zhu is that right uh wang yeah when zhu wang wu uh when he's uh like it shows him a thousand years ago i thought that this base would be like the base he captured back then i don't yeah it was that the case or was i just trying to fill in information that didn't exist 
I think it was a different place. It was yeah, definitely it was like some place. some like, temple out in the mountains. It's, it's this very is, yeah, like this is higher on the mountains. Yeah, it's very League of Assassins, -y, you know, like from yeah from uh, DC. <laughs> DC, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get a dinner scene where his dad fucking lights up Iron Man three for ripping off the Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> that was a which, funny scene. I I love I love that. Was that. Good. Like, but I also love how like, he's we, like we're finally they they Sorry, needed. Uh, I, I love how he was just like, yeah. So some American terrorists like took took the Ten Rings name in order to instill fear, but he didn't have my name, so he just went with the Mandarin. And then like, man, why'd you name me after a chicken? And that's yeah. Really he's like, <laughs> he brought America like, to you his named knees it after because they orange. were afraid yeah. of an orange. <laughs> uh, no, it was Which it was I... a really nice scene that sets up something to come. The direct tie to the fake out of the Mandarin's existence in Iron Man three, yeah. which I think is also another instance of the MCU saying like, yeah, we have not, we did not always handle cultural stuff very well. Because Iron Man 3 got a lot of flack for, before we understood what was happening, got a lot of flack for casting Ben Kingsley uh, mm, as yeah. the Mandarin, you know, a British yeah, guy playing yeah. a Chinese guy, which he did win well, an Oscar he, he, for playing he, an Indian man back in the 80s. So just I, I like, mean, okay, wait, no, Ben Kingsley's, Kingsley is half half white, half Indian, so. Okay, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Um, but um, like also, like, I, I don't know, I, I like this scene too because it, it, it like it set up some kind of character traits of the mandarin just like or not mm -hmm. you know not Zhu it's like it's yeah Zhu Wu, right and just like how he acts because he definitely acts in this like you know he's like a very powerful guy but you can also tell that it's like you know the extent to which he believes some of these legends and things is like pretty dangerous and it's setting that up for like you know the rest of the movie but also just like in the way that you know like he addresses aquafina or whatever right and it asks her like what's your Chinese name? And they're all kind of looking around the table like, uh, we probably shouldn't tell him that she's just straight up an American, right? Because, like, <laughs> we don't know what he's going to do about that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, like, setting him up is, like, I, I like him as a character well, because well, no, I no, feel no. like he's that, pretty that consistent scene, in, like... It's not the whole, oh, she doesn't have a Chinese name. It's that, it's sort of a cultural, uh, how a lot of Asian people will have, like, uh, easy to They'll pronounce. They'll assimilate West, to take American West, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to pronounce like, Western uh, name, but then they, you know, have their actual. But what we name do see here. earlier in the movie, which we didn't cover, is uh, we see a scene in her apartment where, like, she's not as in tune with her culture. Like her her grandmother yeah. is is about to burn things and put them on the grave of her, of her husband to send them to the afterlife, at, which is a Chinese tradition, and she's like not super in tune with it. She's not dismissive of it. And she's, like, just really into being American. So at this point, I will yeah. say, I was with Jeff. I was like, if she has a Chinese name, does she even know it? And when she yeah, came yeah, out yeah. with one, I was pretty surprised that she just, like, And I wasn't sure if – I wasn't sure how to read that in the movie. Like, I wasn't sure mm -hmm. if she actually had a Chinese name or if she just made something up to appease him. I wasn't really I, – I think that it was genuine. Yeah, but it's it's never revisited, it's, so it, I, it, I, yeah. I it was. I think the idea is it's – it's an actual name, but she's just not yeah. used to saying it because yeah, nobody mm -hmm. asks yeah, that, that's kind of yeah, the that read, makes sense. That's the read I had more or less. Um, but this is but, also um, where once again we revisit the flashbacks where Zhu Wu starts yeah. to fill in more context about how he retired the rings when he met his wife, and then after she died, he started it all back up again. He took he, he yeah. went nuts. Yeah, he went he yeah. went nuts. And yeah, stuff. no, uh, um, and we. Uh, pretty soon after we learn what his 
primary motivation for the rest of the film is he's a simp. He he's a super simp. Yep. <laughs> uh, Which simp. like yeah. usually usually as a supervillain uh like motivation really bothers me. For him, I feel like it felt pretty natural because like you're kind of following like this dude was alive and doing like warlord shit for like thousands a of thousand years, years potentially, right? Yeah. A thousand years, right? And then he finally like met someone who he felt like was his equal, right? And then, you know, years later she was taken away from him. That feels more natural to me in terms of like this dude has not gotten over it in like 10 years yeah. because that's such a small part of his life. Then like usually that trope is just like oh, the villain's whole revenge is, like, this woman that he fell in love with and knew for, like, a year, and then she died, and then he's, like, became a supervillain because of it, and it's just, like, you know, people yeah. do actually... Yeah, yeah, but, over, like, in this case, one, <laughs> it was long enough for him to have two children with, so, like, yeah, yeah. That, that is gonna be a big part of his life. Also, like, fractionally speaking, his peacetime uh, dad time is so much shorter than his warlord time that yeah the moment something yeah, changes yeah. it's gonna fall on old yeah, habits you're gonna yeah. slip back to old habits yeah, yeah. And, and which I is think why that, like I, usually usually that trope bothers me a lot in this i felt like it felt pretty natural and yeah, it especially with sense. especially with some of the twists that come a little bit later regarding yeah. what is fueling this but like yeah at this point i was also uh pretty captured by the fact that like there's a lot of guilt involved because we also have come to find out the reason that she left is her her home of Tao Lo, the mythical Tao Lo that he, you know, was trying to find through that woods earlier. Uh, they were willing to let her back in, but they would not accept him. So she left Tao Lo and the magical forest and everything and all her powers behind to yeah. go live with him. And then she was killed by consequences of his actions so like and it was also like the, the, fact the that, guilt makes like, it more believable until we get yeah. the additional context later and i thought that that was and uh, it was, was it was nice... also the fact that like because they were making this family together he gave up his like crime lord ways right and yeah. put away the 10 rings and as, and he felt that as a result of him like basically weakening himself to be with his family that, that allowed, allowed his yep. wife to be killed whereas yeah. if he you know he, he says some line later that it's just like if i had those 10 if i still had the 10 rings on like no one would have even attempted to do that yep you know yeah. which is like yeah, that that makes sense why he went Which, straight back to using them afterwards. Like I, and, you know, like I don't we'll agree with them, to, but I get it. You know, we'll get to like the uh, extra motivation behind this later. But like, I found mm -hmm. this reasoning so compelling and yeah. like believable that when we get the additional context later, I was I it, it kind of threw me a little bit in not the best way because uh, I don't, I've like this was so well developed. I would have been content if this was the movie. I knew that it was going to build to something else, but um, yeah. But anyway, they, they he he plugs the pendants into this thing, uh, this dragon face, and a cool ass looking fucking water map that made no sense but was visually spectacular. Um, explains that the moving forest we saw at the beginning of the movie, it you need to be able to understand where the paths are moving. Otherwise, there's one day a year that you can basically take a straight line through, and that is in three days. Yeah. Um, but when uh, Shang Chi and Katie and Xiaoling uh, decide not to help. He puts them into a little jail cell. Oh, by the way, he also explains that like he's yep. hearing his wife's. I think they explain it here, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you're right. He's she. He's like she's, she's calling to me. To me. I, I just gotta go to the village, destroy this dragon gate thing, and we will. This family mm -hmm. will be whole again. And they're like, "Mob's dead, Dad." 
you gotta stop simping for the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically like, oh no, there she's being trapped there and she could live again because like she's from, you know, we don't know how this place works. Like she's from this mystical place. Like mm -hmm. death might not be death like we think of it. You know, it's and, kind of and the, then, the and then Shang Chi being set says, like, Dad, we can't kill this whole village. And then he turns around and goes, Sean! Sean! <laughs> <laughs> so Basically, now that they know that he's trying to do this, they, they break out and they find a character that I did not expect to be in this movie. Oh, uh, I did. Ben Kingsley's oh, ben, ben King's oh, Trevor Slatter, so yeah. the, the fake Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, I had heard a rumor that Ben Kingsley was going to be in this movie, so as soon as I hear the monster growling from in the cave, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. I know exactly yeah, where I we are no in the idea. movie. <laughs> I, I was so stoked. And we, we come to find that he tells his story about how he got there. No, honestly, no point in repeating it. It's not important. And he delivers it better than any of us ever could. But yeah, it's he, maybe a little bit far fetched, but I, it is it's not. Yeah, but he's essentially <laughs> Zhu Wang's Wu's court jester. And then yeah. a little tiny faceless fuzzy thing comes out and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? And, and now, he's like, wait. You can see it? Morris is real? And he just assumed he was hallucinating the whole time when this little, as Aquafina calls it, a little chicken pig uh, walks out. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, Chowder, you might know more about this than I do. Do you know if that creature is actually based I on don't anything? Know. I actually all don't... the other creatures that we, we see I later know, definitely are. Guardian spirits. Uh, I later. actually don't know what if it's based on anything. I I, gotcha. I asked one of my I, friends like, I who, recognize who most is... of the other things that we see later, but yeah. that one I was like, I, I I don't know if this little faceless thing with with six wings and you know it is, is, but it's is based on anything. Uh, but anyway, crucially, what Morris the chicken pig can do is navigate them through the forest. So yeah. they do a uh, a car chase thing in a garage, and which they is bust wild out. because like, can I just I I don't know yes. maybe Morris Morris the chicken pig thing. Uh, like did was un like knew that that uh Zhu Wangwu was was not trustworthy and couldn't be led there or something because like they say that he is the one who found it right and brought it there. So yeah. if he had this thing that could just navigate him through the forest the whole fucking time, like did he just not know? Yeah, it could I do mean, that? I mean, remember get, nobody yeah. but <laughs> we we get no look into the heart. Yeah, I mean, of remember pig. nobody but. Uh, Ben Kingsley could understand what the chicken pig was saying, so like, so like, yeah, that's yeah, which is also never explained, but, but really, like, ba but, you but know, like, so basically, <laughs> yeah, it would never have cooperated with him, and even if it did, he wouldn't understand what it was saying, and he wasn't aware that his court jester could understand yeah. what it was saying. Yeah, I would have liked maybe a like a line of dialogue being like, you know. He knew that he couldn't bring him back there because he's got the bad mojo or whatever. You I know, guess, but well, later when they do get back to Taolo, um, Morris does seem to be recognized by the people there and also recognize them. So since mm -hmm. the village did say that Zhu Wenwu well, wasn't allowed, I'm wondering if maybe he just picked up on that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's totally yeah. plausible. I just would have yeah, liked yeah, maybe a, a line explaining part, that. Because yeah. I think when he comes back, they're not like, "Oh, hey, it's our specific little buddy." They're just like, "Oh, you got one of our one of our dudes who's you know one of the creatures that lives here. Welcome back." Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't get the sense that they're like, "Oh, familiar with this guy specifically." Oh, shit, it's like Kyle. they're familiar Kyle's that this, he's clearly from there. <laughs> hey, Kyle. Hey, um, it's Morris. What's up, Morris? Now. <laughs> 
the, I was the wondering name, where you wandered off to. The name Razorfist is never spoken in the movie, but we do know his name is Razorfist because he has a car. It's tampoed that, on his car, yeah. That has <laughs> Razorfist painted onto the side, and the license plate is Razorfist. <laughs> um, and he does say, that's my car, so he you does, can, you yeah. know. So that's how we know what Razorfist's name is. Um, you could, which, with the, the, without that line, you could put those pieces together. I think you, you certainly could. Um, Turns though, out that again, the guy in the mask was actually <laughs> Razorfist, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a Full Metal Alchemist kind of situation where the guy who's made out of Full Metal is not actually the Full Metal Alchemist, but his oh, brother, awkward. who has the one metal arm, is the Full Metal Alchemist. Aha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, I, yep, Colin, all you don't need my to. Of that you don't show came need to watch my head. the show to understand what Jeff is talking <laughs> about here. Like, I know, but like, <laughs> I, you, I think you need to have seen a little bit to understand it because, or I don't know, I've only seen a couple episodes of it. Anyway, that's not important. Full Metal Alchemist is. I can't even talk. Somebody else say what happens next. They're in a They're car. They're in a car. They uh, break yeah, out. Yeah. So basically, uh, and they, they go over to the yeah bamboo forest labyrinth thing. Uh, Morris uh, guides them through it. Uh, and they eventually make it to the village where all the people are like, get the fuck out before we start shit. And then like, <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi's. And then Michelle Yo comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. who is his, uh, their mother's sister. So their, their aunt. aunt. And she's like, whoa, 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 yeah. chill everybody. And, and they explain. So. Chowder, I want to ask, have you seen Godzilla vs. Kong? I actually haven't. I just... Okay, Jeff, you have. I know for a fact that you have. When they drove through, you know, they drove through the forest, you know, stay in the pocket. There's a whole scene there. You know, you know, we're not going to make it very fun. They go under a waterfall, and then a watery portal thrusts them into this magical world. I know it didn't look the same, but did you get the Hollow Earth vibes from when King Kong was running around in... The Hollow Earth in Godzilla vs. Kong. I wasn't, Kong. I wasn't like really thinking about that, but I can see why you why you would draw yeah. those connections. It was just like this big sweeping vista with like strange creatures flying around. You see a bunch more yeah. chicken pigs. I was you a little. The, the it, I thought horse. it was a little bit weird to uh to like go through that whole bamboo thing that is supposed to be like very difficult to capture or to like very difficult to get through. And then they go through a waterfall, and then the waterfall just like wormholes them there. Yeah, like. That was a little strange to me. And this, but... <laughs> and this is explicitly called both another universe and another dimension. So yeah. we beyond that, we don't really get any context as to what Shaolo actually yeah. Yeah. is relative and, to Earth. Yeah, the... But, I mean, we've gotten, like, apart from multiverse stuff, we've gotten, like, you know, like, the dimension that, like, Dormammu's realm or whatever. Like, we've, we've seen other stuff like that that yeah. is not necessarily multiversal, but yeah, different dimension-y before. It's too bad we didn't see Katie drive in saying Dormammu have come to Cargan. Because ah. she's in a car. Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah. Shall- I, I felt worse and worse about that as so I was saying like, it. Sh- I apologize. Like, so, like, the people of Shallow <laughs> explained that... Uh, <laughs> They exist to, like, keep this gate closed because this gate has, like, an ultimate evil on the other side, and they need to... The the Destroyer in Darkness is what yeah. they call it. And yeah. how did you guys feel about, essentially, what was the cave painting exposition here, but with a CG wall of wooden sculptures? Uh, well, yeah, I the mean, sculptures I were the good. Sculpture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the sculptures were gorgeous. My problem is with just the ultimate evil itself like you got this ultimate evil that uh, you got this ultimate evil that's like oh we have to create an entire secret village 
and hide it away in a uh, alternate dimension mm-hmm. where we spend our whole lives protecting it. Wow. And it's like, it's, it's. They seem to, okay, so Michelle Yeoh's character. And by the, and by the Sorry, end, it's like, oh, this ultimate evil is pretty killable. There's, we've seen stronger yeah. things. Yeah, I found that a little bit strange too. But also, I'll get into why I'm slightly more okay with that in a bit. Um, but like, also, I think worth mentioning is there is a line of dialogue about how like this one village is not their whole realm yeah. or civilization. Michelle it's just Yo- this specific village in this dimension is is protecting this thing, but the rest of the dimension has a world that yeah, like they, they, you know, she other specified people have like done. we we have we have cities bigger yeah. than anything in your universe, not just yeah. Earth, but like your universe. And we've seen some nutty cities in like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and stuff like that. So it's a it's a yeah. big claim so I, from I liked Yeo. that that they're not just like saying like oh like the whole dimension is just this one village filled with you know yeah. like protecting it is like they you know though they didn't show it they did say some stuff that fleshed it out a little bit more and being like yeah like that would be kind of weird i don't know you know um and i'll get into later when we get to the end of the plot like why i'm okay with them killing the big thing um but basically you know they're there and they like have some training montage they give him and his sister the superhero their superhero suits basically um, which is a good way to get them in in superhero costumes we get to see makes sense yeah no i like that we get to see shang chi and his aunt uh, like spar with each other as she sort of teaches him the airbending techniques of this place. Yeah, yeah. And God, Michelle Yeoh is just so good. Okay, with I, I, I should point out <laughs> it's not actually Star Trek Discovery. And okay, I should point out it's not actually airbending. It's like chi manipulation. Yeah, because I don't no, think yeah. we mentioned uh, they they got chi powers and uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why that's his name. I mean, chi is a very <laughs> No, his name, isn't, Shang, his name isn't Shang Airbending, it's Shang Chi. I mean, it makes it, sense. Chi is I'm pretty sure Chi is supposed to be pronounced key. Like the 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 energy key is No, is, QI yeah. is is Chi. Is sure? Yep. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like sometimes I'm like, like, like I've been corrected like about Japanese this in both pronunciation so. of Chi or is Chi just a westernized version of I I don't I don't know, I don't know man. I thought that chi was the westernized pronunciation of key. That was my understanding, at least of most recently. But I could How be wrong about that. But yeah, I'm gonna, both of those pronunciations out there, just so we've mentioned yeah. the correct one at least once. Yeah. Regardless, um, we get to see him sort of learn this technique before getting yet another backfill flashback sandwiched in between the flashbacks of earlier showing how mm-hmm. their mom actually died, which was a very not dramatic scene of a couple of guys just walking up and standing in a huddle basically yeah. saying, we're going to kill you now, send the kids out of the room. And then Shang-Chi watches even more guys walk up and stand in the huddle. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Watches her mom get killed, and when uh, Zhu Wu comes back, he's just got, like, I don't know, some rucksack on his back, and then he's like, oh, God, look at all these dead people, and one of them is my wife. I'm very sad. And that flashback is, I think, one of the last ones we get, finally, yeah. get, like, stringing together what maybe is 10 or 15 minutes of flashback in the whole movie, but now we finally have all the pieces to understand all the bits of responsibility for getting his mom killed. And then he finally confesses to Katie. He did kill his mom's murderer uh, when he got to the United States and he's been a murderer this whole time, 
which was a little would have hit me a lot harder if we didn't just spend the last 30 minutes of the movie focusing on everyone except shang chi because we got yeah. a lot of development on zhu wang wu Ling, katie chicken pig and trevor we got a lot of all of them and not a lot of shang chi and then he dumps this on us and i'm like i feel like you could have restructured this a little bit yeah. to make this hit harder but okay yeah because, like, there's this whole element, too, of, like, you know, you know, like, this was, like, a thing that was featured pretty heavily in the trailers, and then mm -hmm. it's also in this fight with his aunt, where she's saying, like, you have to embrace both sides of yourself. You are your mother and your father, you know? Like, you have this origin here, and you also, you know, you are born out of this, like, warlord, essentially. So, like, you mm -hmm. have to, like, embrace both sides of yourself if you want to actually fucking get good, you yep. know? And so, I, like, I, I do feel like that could have been explored a little bit more, um, but to, yeah. uh, to get to get through the, the, the rest of the plot, basically. Uh, so his father shows back up and, you know, we kind of learned that the the evil force behind the wall that is trying to get out is like basically the one that is sending him the messages of his wife. And he thinks that she's trapped behind there. And he's kind of being manipulated, essentially, into opening the gate to let out this because his ten evil, rings are actually right? powerful enough um, to destroy so, the gate. The, yeah, right. Because the ten rings are like they're not from here, and we're not still not sure let's, where yeah, they're let's from. Let's address that later. They though, get into in, in one yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah. a big yeah. fight breaks out between the village and like the ten rings, uh, Shang Chi and uh, uh, Shang Chi and Zhu and Wu, who. Uh, have their own like one-on-one -on -one fight that like dr drags out and like he yeah I I gotta I gotta I gotta ask talk about this fight though because like for all my complaints about the the fucking you know lack of focus the structure of the flashbacks like leading to some like of like these flat moments and confessions I think that 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 uh, Shang Chi and his dad yelling at each other in the fight and him saying like you just watched your mother die and he's like yeah. well we needed you after like this stuff yeah. hit hard yeah that worked and like all the work that they did that felt flat before came up in this moment which is why i feel like all these criticisms i have are just me problems because this fight does what a good kung fu movie is supposed to do which is really like a fight is just explosions of emotion between two characters and that yeah is that being said i feel here. like the fight itself was a little underwhelming compared to previous yes. ones and yeah. like I, I think that there could have been more interesting things done with the them kind of wrestling over using the Ten Rings because he's kind of getting control over them. Like, because yep. it, it, it's like, it kind of, with the Ten Rings, like, floating around and doing magic shit, it takes it out of this sort of, like, real yes, martial yep. arts moment and I adds agree. a bunch of CGI flying around. Which so it's is... like, I wish that they had, you know, obviously they're going to use the Ten Rings with the CGI, but I wish they had at least choreographed it in a way that made it felt feel more grounded yeah. and, like, may have that narrative in the fight like some of the previous fights in the movie. But, you know. I think that's, that's... one of the magic tricks of the movie, though, is, like, as soon as we yeah. enter Tao Lo through the water portal... Like, that's like the, if we're talking a five-act structure, that's somewhere around, like, the, you know, the the fourth act mark. So we've got, like, two-fifths of the movie suddenly in this alternate dimension Chinese village yeah. with fucking dragon-scale weapons, soul eaters flying around, and, and these crazy ten ring fights. Like, it shifts from martial arts movie into straight fantasy without really yeah. feeling like you went right. through that transition. And... I, I gotta respect yeah, the no, fact I that think they, they did that so I think well. they pulled like, it out pretty well. that it's fantasy until the dragon yeah, bursts so out anyway, of the water. Yeah, so anyway, so his dad, like, manages yeah. to knock out Shang-Chi, and he starts, like, beating down the portal, 
and like releasing like these things called soul eaters that like take souls and bring it to the devourer of darkness the, the, the ultimate the, darkness yeah the, the the mega soul sucker the mega soul sucker are <laughs> to like feed on and like uh you know the ten ring mooks and the village uh look at each other like oh oh god that's that's uh maybe we <laughs> I liked that scene when the when one of them just comes in and just like kills the mascot and then Razor Fist is like, Yeah, all right, we'll fucking help you guys. Yeah, they kill they kill mascot. <laughs> um uh, yeah, and then the, the uh I mean there's a lot of nuance in here, but there's there are some fun visuals of Shang-Chi like getting some of the rings from his dad. When his dad yeah. has the rings, they're blue, and when Shang-Chi or his mother has them, Wait, no, I think yellow. that's the isn't that a so other way around? No, it's yellow when no. he has it because yeah, it's oh, definitely okay. orange when, when he has you it. have played as much Sonic the Hedgehog as I have, nothing stands out like a man walking out of a smoke cloud with ten glowing rings floating around him. That is an <laughs> unmistakable image. Um, and the Mega Soul and Sucker, also, it, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're analogous colors to his costume. Yep. Whereas blue would have been, you know, more on the other okay, side of the spectrum. Uh, yeah, that is the blue one. Even the color of yeah. like the taser weapons that you got in the skyscraper earlier in the movie, like We're blue, it's all right. black and I, blues I for the I bad guys. Also, like and a lot when of the uh, when the ten rings mooks are like running in to fight the village, it feels like every single one of them has like a bit of a blue wash over them. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's it's very coded so that like blue bad red yeah. good is kind yeah. of the, yeah. the, the aesthetic. Yeah. So, but the mega soul sucker busts out and tries to suck the soul out of the fucking other dragon that came out of the water the guardian well, the gar- that, yeah uh, it's like their deity that that their mom was talking about in the yeah, beginning so, of the movie that's a yeah. pretty dragon guy yeah so the mega yeah dragon. so the mega soul sucker comes out uh guardian dragon comes out the mega soul sucker like grabs uh the dad and like he looks to his son and he's like well son i guess i can't mansplain man whore manipulate my way out of this one is like oh shit this is not my wife this is a giant scary murder dragon he's like okay you can have these rings now i did a bad job uh gives shang chi the 10 rings and gets his soul sucked out and yeah that that's the end of his story the rest of the fight is essentially just a fun struggle where at like you know katie shoots the soul sucker in the neck and Xiaoling like does a really good job of of protecting the guardian, and then Shang Chi ends up shooting the rings into the mouth of the soul sucker, and we get an amazing yeah. looking shot of the light of the ten rings shooting out of yeah. his chest, spotlighting him from underneath as he falls yeah. through the rain uh, or the 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 mist, and then a, he the goriest explosion they could have gone with as he pulls yeah. the rings out of the soul sucker and you see all yeah. the bloody appendages L- like like the shot which, um, the to, to get into this now uh, yeah. like the this is the reason i'm okay with them just killing this thing because we have established in this movie that a the 10 rings are super powerful b no one really knows where they came from or what their deal is mm-hmm. right so this is not something from their society that they knew could have been a solution to this problem a while ago it's like yeah. You know, so I can I can justify that. I agree with you on principle, Chowder, that it's just like, uh, I don't like that yeah. trope where they're just like, we've been defending this thing for thousands and thousands of years, and then some guy just shows up and murders it. But, like, I, I think that the Ten Rings are at, are at, at least yeah, a kind of they... minimum bare explanation for why this was even possible. Actually, no, that's a little um, smarter than I even thought about before. Yeah, because, like, yeah. part of the reason they wanted Zhu Wenwu out of there was not just the fact that he's crazy pants, but also that... 
that he was the powerful ten, they, enough to open the door. Yeah, yeah, they were they were trying to keep anything as powerful as the Ten Rings away from them, and because of how it could be used to free it, so they would inevitably try to keep them away, despite the fact that they could also kill it. So it's like a yeah, double-edged sword. Which you would have no way of really knowing beforehand. Yeah. And there could have been more time spent on that idea, being like, oh shit, we didn't realize that yeah. this was possible. But, you know, like, I think it, that you can headcanon that explanation as making sense. But, yeah, it, it's, you know, yeah. it's a little strange, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I think it works relatively well. Yeah, no, it's like um, a pet peeve of mine where it's like... yeah, that's that's pretty we, much the plot of the movie, we, is that, are, you know, they, they go back yeah. to San Francisco... And they're kind of he's kind of like outed as a superhero now. And then in like the last scene in the movie, Wong is like, yo, can we fucking talk uh, and brings him to the, the yeah. uh, and, you know, and like, the, uh, which brings us to like the, the mid credits scene where it's like uh, where Wong, Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel are just like sitting around. Mm-hmm. They're all, all FaceTiming the like. AKA uh, whichever of a- whichever actors were willing to do this. <laughs> yeah, we're all just like because <laughs> we're sitting there, and I'm just like, I mean, I get they couldn't get Benedict Cumberbatch, but it is a little obvious. And well, also, like, they clearly just got Mark Ruffalo because he was down for it, and also he's not the whole. Yeah, thing no, that was mark. weird. Uh, yeah. But no, Wong makes sense because we saw him earlier. Make it, it makes sense. It's fine. Yeah, sure. that 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 seemed yeah, very and- deliberate. No, Wong being there makes sense. It feels a little weird for Wong to be there Captain without Marvel Stephen and, Strange. And Bruce. Yeah. Hold on. I, I like to imagine that like this scene was happening during during uh Spider Man uh No Way Home and like when Wong yeah. told uh Doctor Strange do not do multiverse shenanigans and walks off, it's to like go get Shang Chi and Katie. Uh he he does that, has See, I assumed it was to go to fight the abomination yeah, myself. He, but. he does so, that. Has, so, well, ha, a couple things. I, I like ha, how this... Has that conversation with Shang-Chi, comes back, it's like, what the fuck, Strange? So, <laughs> as much as I enjoy that headcanon that this all takes place during the upcoming Spider-Man movie, uh, Wong does specific... Uh, in the Spider-Man trailer, he has bags and is, like, going on a vacation to, like, a cold or, or to, to, like, another place. And then in this, when he... At the end of the film, they're talking to their... Also, I love the moment when he, like, sling ring portals his way into the Chinese restaurant. And he's like, is there a Shang-Chi here? Shang-Chi? <laughs> like, he's calling out a pickup order. And he's like, uh, yeah, here. Yeah. And then they go through and they talk to him. He says that they felt the Ten Ring energy in Kamertage. So he was specifically, like, not in the Sanctum Sanctorum, but in the place in Doctor Strange where, um, uh, where Stephen Strange trained under the Ancient One. So yeah. I I don't I don't think that's what oh, it is as man. much as I would love that to be that. But I do I do love how this movie fleshes out Wong's personal life. He fucking goes to fucking fight clubs for fun to beat the shit out of what? his friends, the monsters. He, he participates he let, in yeah, like I mean, staged I, fights. The sense I got from that was that he was like rehabilitating uh or in like training abomination to be like, you know, uh, you know, like yeah, but it's... then also as soon as Ca- Captain Marvel and uh, Bruce Banner get off the FaceTime, uh, he goes and gets drunk and sings Hotel California with them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was very good. Like, <laughs> like, I really like that this is not just Wong as a sidekick who doesn't know who Beyonce is. I also love the thread that in 2016 he didn't know who Beyonce was, and now he knows all the words to songs like Hotel California. Yeah. So he's done a lot of growth in the last well, few it's movies. Just, it's just the kind of thing where it's just like I, I do feel like – 
there is an element to which the MCU is like painted by which actors are willing to do things. And like, yes, Mark Ruffalo and Benedict Wong seem very chill to just like show up in whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. So as a result of that, they show up in a lot of things. Right. Which is like, yep. you know, it kind of it, it's evolved this character from, you know, just like the guy who's supposed to be the librarian in Doctor Strange yep. to being like the number two person in, yeah. in the whole sorcerer yeah. organization, right? Yeah, super Under Stephen Strange. Which is great, because so I love that's Wong. that's basically he's, the he's whole movie. Great. They go to Talo and... They... Yeah, he's great. So, Jeff, you said you had oh, some stuff wait, from the comics. So at wait, we haven't even explained what they said in the FaceTime, In the face, Yeah, in, oh, in the right. FaceTime, the... like, uh, Wong, Captain Marvel, and uh, Bruce Banner are like, what is this thing? Like, when did your dad get it? Uh, a thousand years ago. Uh, yeah, it's way older than that. Uh, and we don't know what it is, but it's sending out a signal. It's, it's sending, sending a, a signal, signal. And that makes us nervous. So yeah. I, I thought that this was going to be related to, you know, Kang stuff, just because I don't know anything about the comics. One of my friends uh, that knows a lot about the comics said specifically that, and I assumed Fing Fang, Fin Fang Foom was going to be part of this movie. I thought he was going to be the Destroyer in Darkness. He is not. Uh, I also but thought he was going to be the, yeah. This seems to be this. pointing to Fin Fang Foom as another impending big bad coming down the road. So we've got like a few big villains. Like we've got hints Which about- Which is wild because if you look in the background of Iron Man 1, uh, there's mm -hmm. a poster on a billboard that it, that has a movie for Fin Fang Foom with a dragon's face on it. So That's canonically he's already fictional in this universe somewhat. <laughs> Which I mean, if so. this is an ancient creature, I guess that would make sense. Uh, but even in Iron sure. Man 3, the tattoos on Aldrich Killian- uh, when he's breathing fire from the extremist powers, uh, given its connection to the Mandarin, was supposed okay, to explicitly sure. be a Fin Fang Foom reference. So, like, sure, but that's just a dragon. You know, this actually had the words Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it was. It's it's a thing that happened. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's a little bit ballsy of Marvel to claim that every dragon that shows up is a Fin Fang Foom reference. <laughs> Uh, no, but I think yeah, that's just no, one I of them, mean, is the dragon I mean, yeah. with how much they've changed things up, it can be any number of just the galactic uh, god creatures in Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. It, could, it could just as easily be, like, uh, <sighs> galactic. Right. So the post-post-credits uh, the, the, the is, um, or early in the movie, Zha Ling had a message saying, like, yeah, I taught myself how to fight because if my dad's yeah. not going to let me be part of his empire, I'm going to build my own. And Katie says, hell yeah. And this post-credits is the hell yeah when we find out that Zha Ling is taking over the Ten Rings and doing her own shit with it. Which, which I hope is going to be a good thing. And not uh, no, oh like... no, she, I 100% I think she's going to be a villain. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. think it, and I'm so <laughs> excited for it because she's such a fun character. Can we can we talk about her character a little bit before I get into the whole like Mandarin comic stuff and things like that? Because I mean, like... Yeah. The thing that was kind of strange to me about her existence in this movie is that I don't think that the 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 writing of the movie does a good a jo good enough job at explaining why Shang Chi is the main character in this movie because oh, like fucking we, agreed. We, we get the setup where it's just like oh yeah you and your sister have all this crazy power and there's this whole thing where it's like oh your father would only train you because he's sexist and you trained yourself right or and and your sister trained herself right. And then they, you know, they get the matching costumes when they go to the village. Basically, she has the same destiny as he does. 
but he's the main character and she's also yes. maybe a better fighter on question mark unsure so you know like, i'm gonna pull this back i'm so glad you brought this up because i'm gonna pull this back to my complaint about the bus at the beginning of the movie where it's like they didn't seem to pick a lane on how they were revealing the secrets of his life like it, they yeah. seemed sort of skated past and contrived is because I, if we're talking about main characters of this movie, if you ignore the fact that Shang-Chi is what it says on the tin yeah. <laughs> and on all the posters, I think Katie is like the actual protagonist of this fucking movie. I think Zha Ling is a much more impressive character in a lot of ways in terms yeah. of sheer ability. And this is not a failing of any of the performers, but I don't think the script is focused enough on yeah. Shang-Chi yeah, as a character no, I definitely to, agree to, with that. to quell this argument. I, 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 I think it should have gone a little more closely in any other direction or make yeah. it clear that there are multiple yeah. protagonists. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because it's, it's one of those things where it's like it, it sort of shoots itself in the foot where it's like basically the reason that they're doing this is to have like inclusion and have these impressive and strong female characters, right? But when they aren't given any like writing reason for you know for for being the secondary characters in this movie yeah. it kind of ultimately comes off as like okay we've made these characters so strong that why is this movie about shang chi and ultimately coming off a little bit like less inclusive because of that because then yeah. we've taken these female characters and included them but we're still focusing on the male one for no i mean, I mean he does reason. have his other it's not like shang chi doesn't have his own mm -hmm. personal arc and story to be told it's just that like oh sure yeah, yeah. It, it 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 feels weak at points when other ones yeah. feel so strong which is yeah. like, it just, I, in a weird way, it's kind of a good problem to have because, like, in the face of issues yeah. with representation, we're now getting to a point where the problem is not that they're not being represented. It's that they're represented so well that we get to not focus on that and instead focus on the script yeah. of the film. Like, that's a good problem to have compared to the one I guess had so, but, like, it, it, it feels almost like a... Um you know, like Marvel saying like, hey, look, we're giving you these fun female characters in lieu of actually just making more movies yeah, about female or, characters. You know what I mean? Whereas like, yeah. it feels like it's like, that, it's, yeah, it's an excuse to have the too. representation without actually following through on it. Because yeah. like, but in, in regards to this movie, I feel like they could have at least like, you know, had some reason why like Shang-Chi had to be like the quote unquote, like chosen one or whatever. Like he had some stronger connection or like, Maybe the fact that he ran away and, and like, you know, lived in San Francisco changed him in a way that didn't change his sister because, yeah, yeah but, and that's, but, and that's but they made that story saw... like, oh, she ran away also. And she also did more impressive things because she wasn't taught yeah. to do it. She taught herself to do it. And it's just like, and OK, we, like we didn't yeah, we didn't get a lot of talk it, but... about how Shang-Chi's time after killing someone for avenging his mom actually changed him. Yeah, it no, it's heavily. Yeah. Uh, but we don't actually. But that journey seems to take place completely in the fight scene with Michelle Yeoh yeah. when they're practicing uh, air also, bending. Uh, yeah. Also, w one more thing. It's just like so. So Shang Chi definitely got the better inheritance of of the two siblings. Like she got, she got the evil. Yeah. She got the evil <laughs> secret shadow organization. That at this point, there's like a million of them, I'm sure you could just kill a random person and you could just be like, don't worry, evil secret shadow organization, and you'd be right. But, but so it's not that special. While, Sha while, while Shang-Chi got fucking immortality. Remember, Ten, ten Rings, well, he's there's immortal. A, there's a good chance, there's a good chance 
that the Avengers are going to repo the Ten Rings from him and they're going to go into a vault somewhere in Comartage and he's <laughs> yeah. never going to see him again. Very distinct possibility at this point. I, I'd just be like, fuck also, you. Speaking of yeah. him being a fucking superhero, can I talk about in the final fight, like uh, not just in the final fight, but all throughout the movie, I was a little bit like unsure like how much superhuman ability him and his sister had because like in the most in yeah. the, the majority of the movie are like okay they're just good at martial arts right whereas yeah. you could easily say like oh they've inherited some ma- innate magical shit from their father who spent so much time with the 10 rings or their mother who came from this this mystical place right because in the final fight they are getting tossed a fucking round by those dragons like crazy and i'm like if they were normal human beings with normal human bodies i don't give a fuck how good they are at martial arts they would not Ligament, be able to yeah, survive ligaments a lot have of a limited shit. tensile strength <laughs> right and it's just like at that point at that point shang chi has the 10 rings right so i'm like okay you can say whatever you want about him because they haven't made it explicitly clear exactly what specific abilities the 10 rings give him right but his sister is still as far as we've been told a human being who is very good at martial arts and she is running on the back of this flying dragon like no she's fucking not you know <laughs> like it is hand wavy in the way a lot of things in this movie are hand wavy again i think in yeah. service of achieving a specific kind of tone of this is not just a martial arts movie this is not just a blood opera character drama this is a fantasy movie and I yeah. think that all the hand waves that we've picked up this whole time, if you're willing to to wave your hand at them and wave them by, um, then I think it's fine. But yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot of stuff like that that you could certainly nitpick. And I think both are like really valid ways to approach this movie. Yeah. Um, um, we've been running long. Jeff, what's the comic stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, that's what I was about to say this. is that we, we have to move into this. So let's talk about the character of uh, Wu, uh, Zhu Wenwu, a.k.a. the Mandarin. Um because he is pretty much an amalgamation of two characters in the comics. The the Mandarin, right? The one you'd be familiar with. And I, you know, I like that they didn't call him the Mandarin because like at the end the of Mandarin the day, the Mandarin is kind of a the, the is name a, the Mandarin the, is just kind of char- racist. The character right? himself is just <laughs> so a racist yellow peril. But uh you caricature yeah and yeah. uh colin you you fucking think that the mandarin is a racist character wait till you hear about the fucking other character that he is amalgamation of in the comic the real father of shang chi in the comics who is uh fu manchu what not oh, yep. uh a character that is like fu manchu literally fu manchu. just is fu manchu oh. <laughs> which is just you know it's been a a racist you know uh orient or like orientalist like yeah it's like this you know character of the trope that has been that used has in become, a lot of things yeah and Ugh. you know because wow. of when the comics were written and how some of that stuff wasn't like in you know public consciousness like they could get away it was like he was a character in the marvel universe was fu manchu and it was a smart decision, I think, to to not use Fu Manchu for yep. this movie as Shang-Chi's father, because, like, you don't even want to pull that character into it. So it makes sense that they amalgamated um, the two characters, because, like, I'm fairly certain in the comics there's no, like, immortal thing with the Mandarin, 
Like, I mean, maybe the Ten Ring, but he's not like old. He's not very, very old, right? Whereas that's more of a, a, a Fu Manchu thing from at least Marvel's Fu Manchu. So they've kind of amalgamated Oof. these two, both racist characters, to basically come up with this new character because, like, yeah. Zhu Wenwu is not the it, like the fictional alias of any of the previous versions of the mandarin it's not like an alias of the fu manchu character it's just a new name and this guy is for all intents and purposes essentially a new character that is making something different out of these yeah. two characters that are both kind yeah, of no, racist I, I com- stereotypes uh, and- I, com- I compare it to like how in uh, black panther we had the character of mbaku who is yep in the comics yeah man ape uh a man who yeah. dresses up in a gorilla onesie, which, you know, black people being depicted as gorillas <laughs> is not good for many historical reasons. It's yeah. also something that it's also something that artificial intelligences do all the fucking time. Google, Ugh. fix your shit. <laughs> it just happened again That's recently, so and it's it's fucking uh, absolutely absurd that people don't take machine bias seriously, but but I think yeah. that, no, this is actually kind of interesting to point out though, with uh, with Mbaku being handled particularly well. Uh, also, looking at the the the, I think this is the th- um, third times the charm in terms of trying to handle yeah. problematic uh, Asian stereotypes in the comics, yeah. adapting them to the film. <laughs> because Strike One was the Mandarin in right. Iron Man Three, which they tried to skirt around by saying, "Oh, we're not actually doing the Mandarin. It's just sorry. It's just a joke. It's just yeah." It's, I'm Trevor Slattery. Hello. Um, Which is then, like I ultimately I think is is better than the next example you're about to talk about because at least they're not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Where they were like, okay, we also want to avoid this, but we can't do the same thing twice. So instead of casting an Asian person at all, we will have an Asian man in the movie to fake you out for five seconds, but it's actually a white woman uh, who is Celtic, yeah. and that's all anyone knows about her. Which is like. No shame to Tilda Swinton and her performance in particular, but yeah, uh, I think that was deservedly a pretty fairly scrutinized decision, and maybe not the best yeah, way to no. handle it because and and instead because it doesn't try to address the problem, it tries to ignore it. And compared yeah. to the Trevor Slattery one, where the the ignorance actually like played a part in the plot, and it was you could argue it's, that it's you know, making up the it's kind of fear making around the Mandarin is part of the point. Yeah. Yeah. In this, in Doctor which Strange, I it was just like, straight up like we're just not even going to touch it, and we're just going to whitewash it. Because like this is one in Iron Man three, right? Another one. The thing in Iron Man three, right? Like I can understand the backlash that people would have about casting Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin before knowing the plot of the movie, yes, right? And that's where most. And of I can the, understand the, the, the backlash that from. people would have about the fake out based on you know like yes, essentially like misleading audiences and and like taking this character that you were excited to see and not doing him. Yep. But I think the actual, like, both of those things combined, like, I, I think is a, a little bit better because they're basically, like, at that point, like, it was maybe not the absolute best solution to the problem, but they were basically, like, the, they were saying, like, hey, yep. look, you know, we want to reference the Mandarin as a character, but the Mandarin is kind of a problematic character, yeah, so yeah, we're not like, doing him. The yeah. film that they replaced him with was ultimately uninteresting, so there's, like, other problems with that, but, but like... But, like, in terms of representation of Asian yeah. stereotypes, this is the third time's the charm, because yeah. they finally just said, fuck it, let's let's do what this sh- what this should have been the whole yeah, time, no, it like, being respectful. I, I, let's right. yeah, let's no, actually long, correct yeah, it long time ago, like, yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, definitely. A long time ago, like, 
we did uh episode on Black Panther and it's like uh, uh there's something to be learned yeah. by how they handled Mbaku. Uh you and me we had a conversation when uh or Jeff I'm referring to you. Uh Yeah, I no I, re- I remember yeah, exactly yeah, the, what you're about. The to conversation say. <laughs> we had we had a conversation where it's like uh I was complaining about Tilda Swinton being cast, and you were like, yeah, true, but the original character is a racist character. And at the time, I couldn't uh, articulate that. I quite articulate just going, there had to be a better way. And, like, I I think Black Panther helps helped because now you could, like, look to something and be like, do what they do, and that's probably the difference. Right. It's just like you you can still use the character but like remove the elements of it that are just like racist stereotypes. Like I think like what you said in that episode like you could literally just like do make the exact same character as Tilda Swinton's character but just cast an Asian person instead and give her all yeah. the same lines, right? Yeah. And and I mean I I think what I enjoy about Zhu Wu in this movie is that they go on further. When he says the line about like they named me after a chicken dish. They're afraid of an orange. It's like yeah. it is like Mandarin is literally not just the name of a chicken dish and an orange. It's also just the name of the Chinese language. So like yeah. naming a villain after, after a Mandarin, language. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. Just like bad. It's like yeah, calling it, him the Chinese. Or, or, you know? or just <laughs> or like just having in a having a British character be like, I'm the English. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that where this movie succeeds in that regard is um they they don't just take the time to correct it they also do take that moment to sort of condemn the original mistake and like yeah. i'm sure that that won't fit into every script naturally based on the context or the circumstances but I, um i think that i think that's a part of the success of this approach compared to the other and attempts. I, you know i also liked him as a character too like in ways that he was similar yeah. to mbaku too whereas like they did you know they removed all the elements of his character that were just like blatantly racist stereotypes and like the way that he acts or whatever, but they didn't go so far as to remove all of the culture out of him either. Yeah. You know, like he was clearly like, he clearly like valued was like a traditions from China and stuff yeah. like just as Umbaku did, right? Like Umbaku had like cultural customs and stuff like that. He wasn't just like, you know, basically an American person that was skinned as this, you know, African character, just so they could say like, here's yeah. the representation without him being racist. Like I they still feeling... gave them elements of the culture that, that tied in an interesting way to the characters that weren't just yeah. like, you know, I have a feeling like that the Ryan typical Coogler ways made, that Americans think right about decision. Chinese traditions, you know, Ryan Coogler <laughs> definitely made the right decision in black Panther, uh, to walk yeah. back the casting of Tilda Swinton as in Baku. <laughs> really glad they didn't go in that direction. <laughs> Is it ratings ratings time? time. I think it's ratings time. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's ratings time. All right. Thank you both for uh, for a very good discussion. Maybe a little bit long, but you know, there's a lot of stuff to, to fucking pick apart in this movie. Yeah, and still not a, all a, of it that I would have liked to only, talk about. But it's only like two hours, twelve minutes, including the credits, and like it's a yeah. dense boy. It's why I can forgive the hand waviness because I'm like I I feel like I just went through so many yeah, events. No, there, there's a lot in this movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, now we are uh, making our way to the ratings section, and uh, all of us are. are going to rate the topic on a scale from ranks. one to ten we gotta we gotta do rings my, oh we no, gotta that's, do that's, rings that was my first was more yeah rings. it's right there oh my oh, god that's a good point yeah we're gonna Damn have to do it. ten rings 
damn it, damn it, Thank damn you, it. Chowder, for, for keeping Colin and I grounded, where we're just like, of course, the fucking hardly relevant flying faceless fairy, furry pig boy, of course, <laughs> from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rigs. That's the only boy. thing we could possibly rate it. If I didn't know. We're gonna fucking yeah. We're gonna rate this movie on a scale from one to ten rings. Uh, which of you would like to start? Go for it. Um, I guess keeping the order. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I think I've I've pointed out some of my problems with the structure of this movie. I and I I also acknowledge that a lot of my problems with that structure are based in the genres of movie this is trying to reference. Um, mm-hmm. and just being things that I don't enjoy as tropes. Like, I, both times I watched the movie, the flashbacks torpedoed the pacing for me every single time. And it, yeah, it's one that. of the, it's, it's also one of those things where each time we got a flashback, we got a new bit of character context where I'm like, okay, I kind of feel like you're cheating by just not telling me something. And then, oh, as soon as it's relevant, you're going to tell me this little piece of backstory. Yeah. There, yeah there's yeah. like 15 minutes of flashback put it all into a single single sequence at the front of the movie give me the interest uh, give me all the information up front it removes a lot of my problems with pacing around chong chi's development around the weird non-sticking landings of all the secrets about him as katie comes to understand them uh, i'd like it would allow us to gel with her more instead of being like wait was that a secret because like it's so nonchalant in the way it introduces them but again, I understand that that is what this movie is trying to do. That wasn't necessarily yeah. a mistake. That was a choice. But it's a choice that hurts it for me because I like the rest of it. I love the cast. I love the fight choreography. I love how it switches to big fantasy. And I love the aesthetics. In the same way, I really love the final fight of Doctor Strange for not being a fight, but instead being an argument with good graphics. Like, yeah. that's, that's that was a crazy <laughs> thing to do. And this is similar. This is a final fight against a big monster, but it is so fluid and rhythmic and musical in the way that the intro fight between uh, Zhu Wenwu and, uh, and his wife was, where it's just you're captivated by the moment. And again, the visuals of Shang-Chi fighting uh, the mega soul sucker are fantastic. So I have a lot of problems with how this movie is built but it still hits me in all the points it's supposed to hit me. So yeah. I'm in the, kind of this weird limbo where I can't really make up my mind on it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with Seven Rings. I think this is a Seven Ring movie because you should see it. It's good uh, and its flaws don't break it. it. It is greater than the sum of its parts in a lot of very good ways. I love the cast. I love so much about it. Um, but it's just it sticks in my craw in a way that is is that I'm still trying to wrap uh, my head around. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give this seven rings out of ten as well. So I didn't. Uh, I I also feel you on the pacing issues. I think this movie has some pacing issues. I didn't feel it as hard. Maybe it's because I'm more used to martial arts films and like I and like I'm sort of yeah. used to the. And I, yeah, and I, I bristle and I'm against sort of that. Used to, so yeah, and I sort of, I'm me. sort of used to like just how they're structured and that like they they don't uh, mm-hmm. they sometimes how often they struggle with like the beat to beat storytelling, but like excel at like the sort of subtextual metaphorical stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and another thing I really liked is just like uh, how they portrayed uh, the dad, because like you know it it would have been very easy for him to be sort of. Uh, sort of unempathetic to him, but like you get the sense that like there's genuine love between him and his children. He's just uh, emotionally stunted jack wagon, uh, and and that's yeah. true. Like <laughs> emotionally stunted jack wagon, that and that's true. Like uh, uh, 
like the relationship between Shang-Chi and his sister, between uh, Katie and Shang-Chi. It, like all the characters really work. All the action uh, do- does double duty on like being one amazing to look at. This is easily the best uh, ac- action in any of the MCU movies. Uh, if nothing else, it's top tier. Uh, and also, the action tells the story. It's not just the plot stops for thrill. And and I think I think it, it's it's important to distinguish. This isn't the action tells the story in the way that like you get five seconds of fighting and then a Spider-Man quip and then another five seconds of fighting. Like the action is actually like playing out the emotions yeah. and the narratives in a way yeah. that even the best Marvel yeah. fights have uh, not my, ulti- my bigger problems is one just like uh, it's not so much a sin of this film but like the sin of the grander Marvel universe where it's like man you used uh, you used a secret evil organization again like this is the movie where I really noticed it uh, and also yep. I yep. yeah especially yeah, exactly. since like this is Black, the next yeah. movie after Black, after Widow, Black Widow, which is... And, and the next movie we're getting is The Eternals, about a bunch of secret superheroes that have been controlling us the whole time. Yeah, true. <laughs> and uh, the other problem is, like, how the ultimate evil it d- just doesn't seem that interesting in comparison to the drama between yeah. Shang-Chi yeah. and his dad and the Ten Rings. Uh, like, that ultimate evil was there just to have world-ending stakes for the sake of world-ending stakes. But, like, it just didn't... Yeah, I was kind of personally... Like, when they got into that, I was hoping... Like, I know movies never do this, but I was hoping that, like... That the end of that would actually be, like, he doesn't break through the door. You know what I mean? Because then they can set up the world-ending stakes and then not have it be a thing where you have to fight the world-ending stakes after the thing goes wrong, you know? Like, if it's really that bad for it to get out... Maybe it shouldn't get out. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and like, but and like, you know, if the movie kept its scale down and focused on more just the drama of like this interpersonal drama, I yeah, think mm-hmm. it would have been stronger. Yeah. But you know, overall, fucking love this movie. It's fantastic. I love it. Seven out of ten rings. Yeah, and you know, I I think I'm landing pretty much in that exact same camp for for uh, some similar reasons and some other one and some different ones. Uh, like ultimately, you know, I did really appreciate all of the meaningful fight choreography, but when I got to the end of the movie. I sort of really wish that they pushed it farther in that direction because I remember feeling a little bit disappointed that like when we saw the the promo for the the scaffolding fight right before the movie came out I was like oh I'm really pumped yeah. now I'm excited that, for some Jackie yeah, Chan bullshit that is the, and ultimately that is the last one of that kind after that it's straight fantasy exactly yeah. which is like you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that that effect is impossible to achieve with also the CGI rings flying around. Yeah. But I wish that they had a bit more of that aesthetic, like, yeah. painted out into the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, ultimately, that one scene is the best example of that in the whole movie. And when I saw the promo for it, I was just like, oh, this is probably one of the best ones. But uh, it was, yeah. like, really the only one that stood out to me. Yeah. The it's rest like a of comedy it was, like, movie it's- telling all its best jokes in the trailer. It's right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I felt a little bit disappointed by that. Um, I like again, like there's a lot of not necessarily plot holes, but like plot gaps that could have been filled by a line or two of dialogue that I wish had been like put in there yeah. to you know kind of like fill some of those. Um, 
because I mean, like, you know, at the, but at the end of the day, like, it's a very good looking movie. I like the way that all the characters act and interact with each other. And like, you know, I, I absolutely fucking love, not that there was a ton of this in the movie, but I, I love all of the fucking, you know, like the guardian lions and the, uh, you know, like those the, the... giant cat bears stole my heart. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, no, those I are love great. them. And uh, so like, I, I, I really liked all the visuals of the movie and like, I, I did like a lot of it. But there were some elements where it's just like, okay, I'm having to get myself to allow this to just be like a, a shut your head off and popcorn flick and enjoy those elements. Whereas yeah. usually I don't tend to want to do that. And though there are other problems with the MCU as a whole, like I, I definitely, it felt like maybe a, just a tiny bit under the bar in terms of like, rational explanations for things happening that yep. I usually, at least in my own head, attribute to MCU movies, which may be a me thing, because there definitely are a lot of gaps that I am aware of, but, but it, the, you know. The speed of this movie, I, I'm with you. There, Like I said, there yeah. are a lot of hand-wavy moments, and like that all the movies have, but this one I felt like every 10 minutes, I was just like, all right, just get to the next scene and you'll be fine. Right, yeah. But, you know, I, I enjoyed the characters, I, I enjoyed the visuals, and of what was there, I did enjoy the, the fight stuff. And I, I fucking, I, Wu, Zhu uh, Wenwu is a, a great villain. For, Love that actor. Like, I don't think I've seen that actor in anything else. Like, I was stoked for Michelle Yeoh, and he, like, stole the show for me. I thought Yeah, he was no, really he good. was very good, and I, I, I felt like they walked a really good line on doing, you know, that character, which was a, essentially an amalgamation of two extremely racist characters yeah. and making it work, like, is pretty impressive. Yep. <laughs> so sure. uh, ultimately, you know, not without issue, but it, it was it was pretty good. So seven out of 10, I, I agree with you guys. But yeah, you know, Jeff, here's, uh... here's the thing. I got some good news for you. This movie has gotten excellent reviews, has broken records despite still being in a pandemic in terms of box office and a lot Which of people maybe bad for other reasons <laughs> maybe bad for other reasons but for your problems in particular i am sure you're not the only one saying there wasn't enough martial arts in this movie so you know we're getting a sequel and it's yeah. probably gonna have more shenanigans in it and uh you know if the fucking sequel like even if there's more fucking martial arts shenanigans mixed with cgi if there's martial arts shenanigans mixed with like fucking running around goddamn fin fang foom i'm pretty about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no but, the uh, amount of sonic the hedgehog vibes the back half of this movie gave me was pretty astounding <laughs> just running on the backs of green dragons and collecting collecting 10 rings i remember that level from sonic unleashed it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i think you could probably find sonic references in almost anything that you watch call it <laughs> i no i i this was not a sonic reference but the the uh no, man it definitely spoke to that that part of me to colin's defense i was thinking oh yeah this this is some sonic stuff too so <laughs> yeah no no i feel you with the fucking with the rings and the fucking running around spirals like the fucking dragons yeah i, I definitely feel you but um yeah i think that's a good place for us to wrap up here today thank you for listening to the common geeking program again i have been your host jeff levitt uh if you want to find me i've got a uh, a youtube channel where i do toy reviews that is alchemist prime reviews and uh again i've been joined by colin and chowder do either of you have things you want to toss out there yeah, just go to commongeekingprogram.com. My name is Colin. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there. Got a couple shows. Dice Popularized doing some cool shit. I really like doing these episodes about the movies. And I just did some new artwork for How You Doing. That, uh-oh, I got to put on the Common Geeking Program website. Cool. Let me go do that. <laughs>
Uh, hi, I'm Timul or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Timul Chowder. Uh, you can also. Uh, I'm also on Dice Populi. Uh, I'm currently DMing the current story arc in Dicey Waters, called Meant to Be, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty just, it's pretty freaking baller. So I just yeah. I just I just finished editing one of Chowder's episodes, and the fucking balls on this man doing some of the shit he thinks he can get away with. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of questions about fucking how that shit was set up and and what was you know briefed before you beforehand but uh, uh he's he's free will in a, in a few regards <laughs> but yeah cool. no i'm enjoying that that arc so far so definitely go listen to that show it's a lot of fun Woo. um and uh our next episode of this podcast will be another one of our briefing programs where we talk about the geek news this time of the uh of the month of september so that will be on the first Monday or first Friday in October, which is also the first of October, so that's I'm easy just going to gonna warn you guys right now. There was a lot of Star Trek news, and there's going to be another oh Halo boy. Infinite thing before then. So, I'm sorry in advance. You're not cool. forgiven. <laughs> and then our our next episode, like this, where we just talk about another piece of media, will be on the third Friday in October, which will be the fifteenth of October. So, Woo. Uh, look forward to those. But anyway, thank you for listening and subscribing and everything that you do for us. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye bye. Dirt. Dirt. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Jeff Levitt, featuring Colin Ketchin and Timel Children. The Common Geeking Program was created by Jeff Levitt and Colin Ketchin, with music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Timel Children. This episode was brought to you by Sean! Uh, be sure to check out thecommongeekingprogram.com for more for common geeking program goodness. As always, stay in touch, stay tuned, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Ciao! It's not too late. The poison's gonna kill me.
save me. Congratulations, Ethan. You succeeded. You're the father that I have been looking for all these years. The man capable of giving his own life to save his son. You got what you... I'm afraid that's not possible. Your lady friend knows my little secret. I don't intend to end my days in prison. I'm going to have to kill you both. I'm sorry. You are my husband. 